This is the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Today, for you, our podcast listeners, we have a special treat, a discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. When you're done listening to the podcast, be sure to click the box in the post to get your special discount. Today is the Monday after the Oscars. We're joined by Kelly Jane Torrance, film reviewer for the Washington Examiner and also assistant managing editor at the Weekly Standard. Kelly Jane Torrance. Kelly, uh, or excuse me, may I call you Kelly? Kelly oh, Jane? Oh, please, of course. Yes. Kelly's great. great. Terrific. So uh, what did you think of Seth? You know what, I was impressed, but I have to tell you, I, I like his kind of humor. I'm a big Family Guy fan, and I uh. thought Ted, which he uh, directed, uh, wrote last year, was, was really funny. So I, I have to be honest saying that, but now I had a big Oscar party myself last night, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people in that room who do not watch Family Guy, are not fans of that kind of humor, and were surprised by some of the classy moments that he provided. If you can believe it, Seth MacFarlane and classy, I just said those words in the same sentence. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate it. He certainly can sing, and uh, he also uh, can certainly do a – he does a killer Peter Brady. i got to give him credit for that. I just, <laughs> that was just phenomenal. I don't, think, I don't even think Daniel Day-Lewis could do a better Peter Brady. He was that good. But he also uh, made – you know, he also told jokes. I think the point of the jokes was how many people in this room can I annoy? Jokes like this. A lot of controversy over the multiple uses of the N-word in the film. Um, I'm, I'm told apparently the screenplay is, is loosely based on Mel Gibson's voicemails. Is that, is that right? Oh, oh, so you're on his side. Okay. I'm, I'm told it's actually okay for Quentin Tarantino to use that word because he thinks he's black. I'm going to say um, lots of attitude, not a lot of comedy is what I thought, Kelly Jane Torrance. Really? You didn't, yeah. you didn't think he was funny? You know, Not, It was very uneven. There were some great lines, but a lot of it just, he was working so hard. And if you're going to work that hard, you got to put the ball, you know what I'm saying, over the fence. You can't have a mediocre punchline after all that effort. Well, it's true. He was working hard. And let's face it, Oscars host got to be one of the toughest jobs in Hollywood. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, remember when uh, James Franco and Anne Hathaway co-hosted a couple years ago? That was probably the worst Oscar host uh, experience in. Well, history. once you say Anne terrible. Hathaway, you you know, you had me at Hathaway, uh, Kelly Jane Torrance, as far right, as not right. being good. I got a lot of snarky comments about uh, Anne Hathaway and her appearance. I personally think she's one of the best-looking teenage boys in Hollywood, but that, <laughs> that's just me. Well, you know, I was, remember when uh, you know. During the uh, near the beginning, when they had Shirley Theron uh, dancing with Channing Tatum, right. I get, she also had the very short hair. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, w- women who are as beautiful as Shirley Theron and Anne Hathaway can pretty much do anything. Uh, you know, wear a paper bag, as the saying goes, and look great. But uh, <laughs> it, it is, you know, I guess it's trying to be different. You know, and Anne Hathaway, of course, in Les Mis, she did have her hair cut as part of the script, but uh, she's kept that short hair up much longer than she needed to. We're talking to Uh, Kelly Jane Torrance. She is the movie critic for the Washington Examiner here on the Michael Graham Show. Uh, So you're putting in the sense of watchability. You've seen a lot of Oscars shows. I've seen a lot of Oscars shows. You had a party last night. My my Oscar party days, alas, are over. (laughs) But how would you have graded on a watchability scale? I would I would actually grade it very high. I mean, I'm 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 thinking at least an 8. I mean, I think I liked it a lot more than you did, but I have to say, you know, they're always trying to make the Oscars more relevant for a younger audience. That's what mm-hmm. we keep hearing. They're always trying to go after and that right. was why they had the Anne Hathaway James Franco disaster was look, going after the young people. But I think Seth MacFarlane uh did a much better job of being relevant uh to a younger audience, but also uh, having some of the Oscar tra- traditions and doing a great job with him. Now, anyone who watches Family Guy knows that he knows musicals, but a lot of people didn't know. I certainly didn't know he could sing that well. 
um, and, you know, added a little dance number, some class to it. But, you know, but as well, some of the more risque humor, which, you know, you kind of, ex- you want something interesting to watch. And right. let's face it, having a, a guy in the room who is making fun of some of the people who are actually in the room or people who wish they were in the room, it adds a, it adds a sense of danger that makes it actually a lot more watchable. And this is what's so frustrating for me because I would love it if someone would actually stand up and tell jokes mocking the people in the room, jokes that are edgy, uh, where the pompous, self-important people of Hollywood are the uh, target. And he, he had a very he had a few of those, like the ones he played, and even the targets there. I mean, come on, how tough is it picking on Chris Brown and Mel Gibson? I mean, come on. I was actually I mean, just about to say that I was like Mel Gibson, easiest target yeah, exactly. in Hollywood. Uh, and but then, he did have one. He did have one. He did have a little George Clooney zinger where he yes. was joking about the nine-year-old that in mm. you know 13 years and she'll be too old for for George Clooney. And I have to say. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Clooney looked like he took that pretty well. I mean, who knows if he if he you know gave sure. McFarlane a. But this brings a, this brings me to the fundamental problem, uh, in my opinion, which is that everything about the Oscars is designed to not be watchable. I want to watch the movies because I enjoy the movies, and if we were going to watch the actors talk about you know, making the movies, that would be kind of fun. But the fact is, nobody cares about Sving Svingeborgen winning best original left-handed short from a country that starts with N, you know, and he's, and, and he has, it's clear that nobody wants to hear anything he has to say, Kelly Jane, because as soon as he gets to the microphone, they start playing the Jaws theme to chase him away from the microphone. Why, why are we doing this? Why are we sitting and watching all this crap that nobody cares about? That that was there was actually a very painful moment uh, that I think you're referring to that somebody you know this guy you know this is his you know 15 minutes but it's not even 15 seconds and right. he gets the Jaws music played on I mean I think I feel like you know they they sort of you know Hollywood likes as you say to think of itself as self-important and they don't want to they're not just about the blockbusters you know the Avenger guys were up there we were the biggest movie of the year but Hollywood like it's like hey we're not just a business we also celebrate excellence and to do yeah. that they have awards for things like short live action film, short documentary film, and documentary feature. Yeah, but I here's what happens, really Kelly Jane. Themselves when, look like they're more than just about the money. Here's what happened to Bill Westenhofer, the visual effects winner for uh, Life of Pi, when he tried to have his moment in the sun. Gabrielle, I love you so much. To my children, Christopher, Thomas, Alexander, and Samantha, thank you for inspiring me every day. For my mom and dad, thank you for telling me I could do any crazy career choice I wanted. Finally, I want to thank all the artists who worked on this film for over a year, including Rhythm and Hughes. Sadly, Rhythm and Hughes is suffering severe financial difficulties right now. It's, I urge you all to remember. Well, we'll never remember. We'll never know what he urged us to remember, Kelly, because they cut off his mic. Exactly. I mean, it's a, you know they they want to keep things rolling, and you know it's a you know it tends to go after eleven. It's a long ceremony, but come on, I mean that's you know someone you know he's talking about a company that is suffering financial difficulties, and they're playing the Jaws theme. I mean, honestly, uh, you know nobody really cares that much about what this unknown guy has to say, but it just looks it looks not very classy to, to cut him off like that. And if you're going to you got to make a decision, are you if you're going to have these awards for people that nobody's heard of, then you got to let right. them talk, you know, or if you don't want them to talk, then, you know, do it another then day. Don't invite them. Exactly. exactly. What are they doing here? Uh, there was one person who talked to, I truly had no interest in what she had to say about anything related to movies. And I can't figure out, uh, Kelly Jane Torrance, why she was there. You know, Obama, do you have your envelope? Not yet, Jack, but I'm about to. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and now for the moment we have all been waiting for. And the Oscar goes to 
Fargo. The moment we've all been waiting for, the First Lady of the United States appearing at the Oscars to give Ben Affleck an award. Is that the moment we've all been waiting for, Kelly Jane Torrance? I, I, have, to, I have to say, I was not expecting it. I've not been waiting for it. I, I don't need to see it again. Um, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was a little bizarre. I mean, uh, you know, this is sort of the night that Hollywood celebrates itself. And, you know, usually you've got someone like Steven Spielberg coming out giving awards, you know. The, uh, the the dean of, of film, but uh, I didn't get it at all. It was, I mean, she is not known for working with the film industry. Um, it's not like this is a cause that she has uh, made her own. Um, and it is a very strange thing. And, I, you, you know, they're not supposed to know who is in that envelope. So you, you think, well, they can't uh, pick a presenter based on who's going to get it. But, I mean, I, I, I picked Argo for Best Picture. I think a lot of people did think it was going to win. And it does look a little odd. You've got a, uh, you know, a left-wing filmmaker who made a movie that, uh, you know, uh, portrayed uh, American involvement in the Middle East in a pretty negative way, uh, getting an award from, from the First Lady. It's a little, little strange. I'm not okay, sure. Uh, here's what's strange to me. She's the wife of the President of the United States. Really, this is what you have to do on a Sunday night, is you have to come on and and place the Obama brand in the middle of this TV show because it's always about the Obama. So that's problem number one, is that what the hell are you doing here? I, I, don't, I can't imagine Nancy Reagan have ever said, Honey, yeah, I know we're busy you know, being President and Mrs. President, but I'm going to go give an award, you know, whatever, for what would have been the big Ghostbusters or whatever the hell it was, you know, 1984. <laughs> so that's, that, I have to say, though, wouldn't you rather... I mean, I agree with you, but in a way, wouldn't you rather have uh, the president's wife on TV giving out an award rather than, you know, in the office thinking of new ways to take our <laughs> delicious, unhealthy foods away from us in her war against obesity? Uh, you make a very good point that if of the two, one is slightly less annoying. But then there's the other part. What do these Hollywood jerks pat themselves on the back over every single, you know, traditionally, Kelly Jane Torrance mm. at these awards. I'm up here to speak truth to power. We live in fictional times with a fictional president. I took on George W. Bush. I made a Dick Cheney joke. Look at me. I'm so brave. I made a joke about the Christian coalition. Ooh, 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 look at me. So here's a guy who's in power. He's got pretty much unfettered power in the, as far as the American system goes. He uses it all the time. He's killing Americans abroad without, uh, you know, uh, through the drone program. He's, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's, you know, confiscating wealth and doing all the things he's doing that are certainly worth discussing. In other words, the president we have today is a fat target for parody. And where are all those Hollywood speaking truth to power types, Kelly Jane? Oh, we're so glad you're here. We are not worthy, Mr. President. We are not worthy. Please. Oh, look. She looked at Michelle. Looked at me. Michelle. So I don't want to hear it anymore from these self-important Hollywood blowhards about how vital artists are to our national life and how they are the blood, you know, the, 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 uh, the blood supply of democracy and they keep us, you know, they, they keep dissent alive. Did you see any dissent being kept alive at, in Hollywood last night, Kelly Jane? Well, no, and you know, you talk about being brave, talk, you know, making jokes about Christian Kohler. I mean, right. what would have been brave would, would have been somebody uh, going up there and uh, you know, making a point about the president. Now, if 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 this president were a Republican, mm -hmm. you can bet your you can bet anything. I'll bet you whatever you'd like that somebody would have mentioned the drone program. Yep. This president is killing Americans uh, abroad without without due process. Uh, remember when the Patriot Act, uh, you know, first came yep. into being, everybody talked about how George W. Bush was 
had, you know, supported this unconstitutional legislation, and we were being spied on this and that. Well, right. President Obama's continued it. Nobody talks about the Patriot Act And that's anymore. my point, is that's what made it so uh, egregious to have Michelle Obama there, is watching Hollywood flip from, we are the last bastion of free thought. When your government becomes oppressive or too powerful, or when power is too concentrated in one place, artists are there to man the barricades, to turning over like a, you know, fat old dog with their belly up please rub me mr president i love you so much well, and, and, and think about it. i mean when 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 you know george w bush was president can you imagine them having laura bush up no. there giving anybody any no. no and if she had i i mean i it wouldn't have surprised me to hear people boo and it it's true I mean, walk ho, out. You know, ho, exactly i mean and uh hollywood does i mean remember when elia kazan uh you know died uh yes. and he was in the uh you know they do the in memoriam every mm-hmm. year and there were people who actually, there were some booing. There were mm-hmm. people still upset about him for, for naming names um, with the House Un-American Committee. So it's true. Uh, Hollywood likes to think of itself as free-minded, independent. You know, you're la- the, we're the people who are standing up, as you say, speaking truth to power. But really, they are a, a very big power themselves. And th- they, they like the president. And they're, they're happy for him to have power because, just simply because of his party. Uh, and, and and if you were a Republican, you can you can bet they would be they would be speaking truth to power, as you say. But now they just want to be part of that power. They they see Obama as as you say a brand, and they want to uh, brand themselves with that. It's it's really it's bizarre, but so so it goes. So, so now let's get to the least important part of last night, the actual movies. Uh, mm. You said you picked Argo for best picture. Did you pick it as likely to win, or did you pick it as in fact the best picture? I picked it as likely to win. I actually uh, was. I was very much uh, underwhelmed by Argo, and yeah. you know, Best Picture of the Year. And I have to say, there were certain things about it that were that were very well done. But um, you know, I actually interviewed Ben Affleck twice, once in L.A., once here in Washington D.C. about his film, um, and I, I I got into actually a lot of the content of the film, which is about um, the Iranian hostage crisis. Right. And uh, I I just found that uh, he really was was whitewashing uh, a little bit to me the uh, the Iranian Revolution. I mean his the whole beginning of his film, what he called the history lesson, right. sets up that there was this there was a Shah who the Americans had put into power, <laughs> and he did all these terrible things. And then the revolution was like a populist uprising against that, which really is not at all the case. And obviously the Shah wasn't a, uh, a, a, a good figure uh, in every right. way, but he certainly did a lot more for women, uh, which all of which was rolled back as soon as the revolution came around. And to sort of paint it... Uh, the way he did. Also, it to me felt a little like his film was saying that the Americans who ha- were trapped in the embassy uh, by Iranian radicals kind of deserved it a little bit because their government had propped up the Shah for so long. So I actually had some really big problems with the film politically and also cinematically. I felt it, uh, at times it was a little amateurish. Now, I will give him credit. He did do a great job of keeping the suspense up, even though we all know the ending. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of suspense to this film. But I found it to be, I mean, the main character's relationship with his his estranged wife and son, very melodramatic, very cliched. Um, But honestly, I I felt this one was going to win Best Picture, and it did. Because it had exactly those elements that that Hollywood likes to celebrate, sort of a a slightly anti-American view of, of American power. And uh, politics. So it, it, to me, it was it was uh, pretty likely to win. Uh, so what was the best picture of 2012? Well, out of all the ones nominated, I think more was, and that I really didn't think it had a chance 
of winning, but I was impressed that it was got just got nominated because Americans do don't tend to watch a lot of foreign language films. So I I was impressed that it got nominated. It's a very beautiful film about uh, a, a couple in their seventies and the wife is dying. Really great film. And another one I really really liked was Silver Linings Playbook, which uh, which did get Jennifer Lawrence the Best Supporting Actress award. And I thought this was a really really clever film, which which mixed. Subjects you wouldn't think are funny, like mental illness and mm-hmm. assault and adultery, and uh, actually made it a very witty, charming film. So Silver I, I, Linings Playbook, at its worst moment, was better than Argo at its best moment, by far. And amen. Silver so Linings Playbook is just, but here's the, here's the point. Argo, I, which by the way, I enjoyed, delight, I thought it was a wonderful movie, I could care less about the politics. Come on, it's Hollywood, what are they, they know what the hell's going on. Mm. But it was a great movie to watch. It reminded me a lot of Ocean's Eleven, a very well-crafted, taut story, good acting performances, and you get through it, and you enjoy every minute of it, and then you can't remember really that much about it after it's over. It's as not a, the kind of movie you're going to watch again. As opposed to Silver Lines Playbook, which is a movie that is a blast to watch. It takes you on this roller coaster ride. It's funny. It's it, it's inspiring. It's you know, it's, it's a bummer. It's you know it's it's every, it has the emotional range that you want, and it's about something, and you think about it after it's over. Exactly. Link, you know, and so to me, it, it, without a doubt, Silver Lines Playbook. Or the French film The Intouchables were the two best movies that I saw last year. I didn't see um, uh, more, so I'll put it on my list. But it clearly, what it did not deserve to be the best picture from the standpoint of did you do the most with your film stock of anybody up here? It's not even well, exactly. close. But it was a, a fun, but it was a fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But, and you bring up a good point talking uh, comparing Silver Linings Playbook and Argo because what what I think you, you're getting at that's missing in Argo is is really uh, the hu- human emotion. Right. And, and to me, uh, the great movies say something about human nature. Mm-hmm. They can make you connect with a, a, a story about with people and uh, emotions. It really goes right. to the heart of what it is to be human, I think, the best movies. And I, Argo, you know, it was a, it was a fun little movie, mm-hmm. but it didn't really uh, go in-depth into the human soul, I think, like something like Silver Linings Playbook did in Amore, and uh, even even something like uh, Django Unchained uh, did a little bit in its, in its uh, unique way. I have to say that it would have just been a classic moment if uh, Michelle Obama had opened that envelope and had to say the sentence, the winner of a Vex picture is Django Unchained. That would have just been great just because of all the controversy and the well, discomfort exactly. that it showed. I mean, just, only, I only say it because I would love for Hollywood to get bitten in the butt for their embarrassing, shameless mixture of sycophancy towards the Obamas and their business. One last question. Were there any awards that you were really bothered by that were given out last night? Did anyone rip off the system? Were there any that made you go, oh, oh come on? You know what? There was one. There was one surprise. Let me say that actually was good. I and I actually got one wrong. I'm willing to admit it. I wanted Christoph Waltz to win Best Supporting Actor, but I thought for sure um, that he wouldn't. And I thought that Tommy Lee Jones would get it. And I was pleasantly surprised that he got it because he he really should have gotten a Best Actor nomination for that. He was a very important part of that movie. So I will, you know, credit where it's due. Sometimes the Academy does get it right. I was surprised by the number of uh, awards that Life of Pi ended up right. getting. Um, and Ang Lee for Best Director. I'm not going to say, you know, that was a, an outrage or anything. But uh, honestly, uh, the work, you know, I, I, I was actually a fan of Ang Lee's and I, some of his Taiwanese films as well. But I sort of feel he's kind of been going downhill. And I think, you know, David O. Russell with Silver Lines Playbook, Michael Haneke, more. Um, even Beast of the Southern Wild, which was a really impressive uh, debut film. Mm-hmm. Any of those three, I think, deserve that Best Director Award more than Ang Lee did, but uh, what are you going to do? Here is the final question for you, Kelly Jane Torrance. If you were uh, uh, planning the Oscars next year, would you invite Seth MacFarlane back to host again? This is a 
problem is I think he did a great job, so I might want to invite him back. But you've got to have that element of surprise if you want to keep people coming back. And if you invite him back again, you're going to have that. Uh, that said, though, I mean, this, it, you need, for the Oscars is a special talent. You need to find someone who is funny, but who can do the song and dance old Hollywood kind of routine. And I think uh, Seth MacFarlane's the guy. It's time to kill the Oscars. And the fact that <laughs> Seth MacFarlane is the last hope shows how, as mediocre as he is, this shows how awful the Oscars show is. And I'm going to talk uh, coming up about uh, how to save the Oscars. Kelly Jane Torrance, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. It's great talking to you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com for podcast updates. Also, don't forget to click the box below for your special discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham.